Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Souls Undressed. I'm your host, Tori Rinkovich, and you're listening to episode number 23. Today is going to serve as part two of the Q&A with me and Andrew. Andrew, my lovely husband. Hi, guys. Hey. So today I'm going to read you my quote that I picked. I picked the quote this time since Andrew picked the quote last time. I'll explain why, uh, and then we will go ahead and dive into our eight questions that we're going to be answering for today, and then kind of sum it up at the end and give you any little last-minute tips, piece of advice that uh, we have pertaining to the goodies that we covered today. So, today's quote. It doesn't interest me who you are or how you came to be here. I want to know if you will stand in the center of the fire with me and not shrink back. And that's by Oriah Mountain Dreamer. And that is actually like one small stanza or paragraph of the poem that she wrote that our best friend read at our elopement. And I just still, like forever, will never forget the feeling that I had when I heard him start reading that because it's so out of character for him to read something like so long and like in-depth. And that poem is so us, like so spot on to our relationship that I was just so excited that he had found words that like paralleled us as a couple. Um, So without further ado, let's dive in. You're listening to the Souls Undressed podcast with your host, Tori Rankovich. If you're ready to bear it all, strip away the stigmas and get down to business with thought-provoking conversations and all the raw reflections to help you ride life's waves, then you've found your one-stop shop, honey. It's time to dive into an episode full of endless tips and tricks for the go-getter and soulful lover. All right, all right. So, without any further rambling than I could give you on this lovely cloudy morning that we have here, um, I figure we just dive right into the questions. What do you think? Yeah. All right. So, question number one. Tell the story of how you two met and about your first kiss. So I think we should break that up into both parts of that. So how we met. Well, we first met was at Kevin Allen's farm, and Kenan introduced us. And uh, you were about to fight some girl or some girl (laughs) was going to beat you up. I don't remember, something like that. I was not going to fight her, but she didn't want to beat me up. And, uh, yeah, it was short-lived. First interaction was was very very short-lived. Yeah, our friend, well, we had like a mutual acquaintance and he was like, hey, this is my friend Ranko. And I was like, what's up, Ranko? Gotta go. (laughs) Kind of just skated off. And then somehow we became Facebook friends. We haven't really ever settled on who added who. But uh, we ended up talking on Facebook like the next year because I was going to ISU. And that was where Andrew already went. <clears throat> and well, no, I didn't technically go there. I just wasted my time there. 
Okay, but you still, we we had like a year overlap of being there. He was there the year before, and then, yeah, I came in the next year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, that was how we met, and then our first kiss, that would be like part of the next year, like later on in the next year. Yeah, at ISU. Whenever we met, well, we, we weren't at ISU yet, though. Well, I wasn't at ISU yet. Yeah. I, um, we had like started Facebook messaging or texting and then I went down to ISU to visit him Mm -hmm. and stayed at his like big, scary college apartment. Yeah. Big, scary. But to me, think about it. Yeah. I was just this little, little cold city girl. Still in high school. Oh yeah. I was 17. He wouldn't date me until I was 18. So. True that. Okay. So Yes. That was all the goodies. Um, how do you make sure you're both creating space for each other's emotions and perspectives while respecting your own? I mean, that's a lot of dancing around, realistically. Yeah, there's no I mean, perfect There's no that. perfect uh, answer for that. It's, I mean, do we invade each other's space? <laughs> we invade each other's mental space all the time. It happens. It's part of being in a relationship. But, I mean... You just kind of have to respect the other person to a certain level that when it happens, you either make it clear that it's irritating you or that um, it's making you uncomfortable. It's making you act a certain way that isn't, you know, what you want to act or how you want to act. You know, it's making you uncomfortable. It's making you um, feel uneasy about something, you know. Or short. Yeah, it make, like it's snappy. making you feel like the other person's being <clears throat> short and snappy with you and, and not giving you the full attention that you are desiring. Yeah, that's something that, like, when he was saying it's a dance at the beginning, like, wasn't kidding. Yeah, we no, literally... it's back and forth and back and forth <laughs> and to the left and to the right and back two steps and forward two steps. And I'm giggling because right now we're sitting here recording this podcast with my right leg, like, up over his leg as we both try to sit crisscross. And I was with like, proper posture, <laughs> with proper posture, we do both have nice posture. I'm trying to, but um, I was like trying to find a way for us to Tetris in here, and he was sitting first, so obviously, my little body like only could move around him. And I was trying to figure out if like him angling his body at all would like help us both fit. And I look at him and I was like, Can you? And then I stopped because it was rude to ask him to change anything about how he was sitting. And he looks at me, he's like, straighten my legs so that you can sit like this. And I was like, no, that's not what I'm just saying. Um, <clears throat> so that's like a really surface level example of the ways that we do that all the time naturally. And like Andrew was saying, he's ha- he didn't say I've had to get comfortable. He was just saying do it. But like he himself has had to get comfortable saying like, hey, no. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to sacrifice this self, this part of myself every single time just so that you can process yourself in the way that you want to. Every single time. Every single time. And that's, I think, in the beginning when someone's trying to, like, get their sea legs on and they're trying to figure out how to handle themselves, it's natural for us to sacrifice ourselves more regularly to let them kind of, like, establish themselves. And that's exactly what he had, I think, in my personal opinion, had gotten used to doing. It's just been a rough (laughs) six months. And he's definitely, like, needed for himself and for our relationship to be to the point where he's like, no, like your sea legs are on, you know, figure it out. You can move yourself around, you know. 
Um, so it's just a lot of give and take and dancing around and, like he said, respecting each other. Because if you don't respect the other person more than or as much as, well, I would say as much as you respect yourself, it should be as much as all the time. Don't get into, like, self-sacrificing stuff because then that just doesn't end well. But um, Stick to the topic. Hey, come on now. All right. Now I just, lo- now, sorry, guys, if you're following that topic, thought burst into outer space. It's gone now. Um, dance is <laughs> oh, real. Yeah. You need to dance for each other. Oh, yeah, respect. You just have to respect yourselves and each other enough to not be someone who takes advantage of the other person all the time and to notice when you are so that you can counterbalance, readjust, and move and on. And be willing to hear when you are, when you're blind to the fact. Yes, which is something that he is staring directly into my soul while he says, because that is me through and through. Yes, learn your learn your shadows, learn your weaknesses, learn your blind spots, because those are all the ways mm. usually that you're a turd. And everybody has them. It's not like it's not like I'm you know free of these as well. You know, oh, everybody's right. got blind spots that they don't pay attention to. Everybody's That's, got yeah. something that they fixate on to make them feel better. Mm-hmm. Ten four. Okay. Who is the blanket hog? You I think used this to question be. Is so you funny. used to be so bad that I had to get a second blanket. So I thought it would be good for us to talk about our two blanket thing because I think that that is viewed very negatively in a lot of relationships. The same way that it is in that phase of your relationship when you stop cuddling every night, like to sleep. And I remember whenever I don't remember like exactly the night when you're like we can't spoon anymore to fall asleep. But I remember uh, thinking because I needed shoulder surgery. Right, I understand, but that's what I'm saying. Like I remember in my brain what I thought was going to happen to our relationship when we stopped cuddling every night. Yeah, you thought I was it was like, going to disappear really... and fall apart right. and it was, I don't know. That's just like when you think of like intimacy and romance and the honeymoon phase. Like I think that in women's brains and sometimes men's brains too, I think there's just that concern that it's like, okay, if we stop doing this lovey-dovey thing on the regular, is our like romantic like lovey-doveyness going to fall off slowly? And so I just think it's really funny slash important for us to acknowledge the fact that we do sleep with our own blankets. Facts. We also have a split king bed. So don't recommend that if you yeah, like. Yeah, don't recommend the split I, king again. It no. really does take away the snuggles at that point because you yeah. can't cuddle up top. But we leg snuggle all the time now underneath both of our blankets, which is what I was going to say. You can sleep with your own blanket and still cuddle. We just like overlap the edges of them so that the body heat kind of stays there. <laughs> Also, or you just crawl over to one side, and then you crawl back over. But then the sheets are really fucking cold, so brace yourself for that when you crawl back. But <laughs> what I was going to say is, I ask Andrew to, like, I'll be like, can you give me a leg? <laughs> it sounds so <laughs> funny to say it out loud now. But that is exactly what I say. And I just want him to, like, put some of his body heat on my half of the bed. Because he's hot all the time, and I'm literally cold all the time. So... Uh, me, I'm the blanket hog, but also two blankets is okay. Just, you know, feet snuggle. Uh, <laughs> okay, how do you resolve big fights? You just have them. I mean, you gotta yeah. duke it out. You, each one of you has to say what you have to say. You have to either agree to disagree or find a path to agree on the topic. Um, we used to try to push to try to resolve them immediately. When that wasn't my course of action, that could lead to a positive uh, re- resolution. So, like, we, you have to find a Happy middle medium. ground 
for each person to be able to be not necessarily at their best, but be able to coherently process and deliver thoughts to the other person because otherwise you're not going to have a constructive conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was big on like, we have to straighten it out now. Yeah, and I was big on walking away before I choked you. <laughs> He's not an abusive husband. Please don't think <laughs> that based on that comment. Um, no, but I think it's like exactly like he said, like when you are two people going at each other's throats because you disagree about the attitude that someone had was just giving when they were talking about dinner. I don't know, like <laughs> literally the dumbest shit or like feeding the dogs. I don't even know. Um, those are two things we don't some, really fight about. Some friend stupid. relationship that. Right. That is unrelated is, to yeah. ours. Um, I think it's really easy Especially for me as somebody who thinks that everything has to be handled right now. It's like that's definitely an anxiety thing. It's like I'm going to just explode if it has to go on any longer and not be handled. And Andrew is someone where like he literally like while he's getting yelled at has he's just mad. Like why would he have any headspace to process what he's actually even getting yelled at? Whereas my brain is like all the time overly analyzing every situation even when someone else is talking about something else because it's just stupid so I think that we had to I had to learn and he had to like learn what was best for him to be able to process what the f we were actually talking about so now we'll just like he'll go play a couple games or go out in the garage or like take the dogs out in the backyard or I'll go edit or pout or take a bath whatever (laughs) and then we can come back and have like an actual constructive conversation about it Um, That was one thing Rochelle had always said. She's like, pick a word, and whenever the conversation is being spoken or being had out of emotion. Yeah, she's like, whenever you're having the conversation out of emotion instead of out of, like, reason, like, you need a word or you need to just walk away. the conversation needs to end because Because it's no longer constructive. Um, So definitely just, like, having the fight, but also just being... I would say on my end of it, I would just say that... um, acknowledging when it is that I need to start the conversation and not putting it off and letting it fester for so long because it is real when there are men that are like, why are you mad? Like, what are you, why are you going off right now? So I feel like, and that is like one quick way to trigger yourself and have a nonproductive conversation. So I always, yeah, that's if, if you've been holding on to something for long enough that the other person is confused as to what Why there's, an there's an argument going. Yeah. Like, we haven't had an arguments like that for a while. But, mm-hmm. like, if the other person is immediately, like, taken back and, like, like whoa, 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 what's, whoa, going, what's going What's Just trying to process where the angle is even coming from. You needed to let that go a long time ago because the other things that... And by let that go... Like as in have that yeah process and have that conversation with them that needed to be done before it got so far them not leashing the dogs before getting out the door trips you and you just fucking explode on them like for (laughs) no reason. So I think for me that's what I was saying. We're like learning when it was that I needed to start that conversation before it was a tipping point, so that the conversation could be constructive. Because let's Mm -hmm. be honest, if it's a tipping point for you. The conversation's not going to be constructive. As soon as that other person gives you a look, 
you're going to fucking Yeah, flip. you just lose your shit. Right. So I've learned that, like, hey, I really don't love how I feel right now after, like, this just happened or after mm-hmm. we just had this conversation. And that is honestly. And the way I said something like that. Or, yeah. You, like, that'll be always a, a one that you point out, like, well, you're really not considering this while you're saying this and you're kind of being a fucking asshole so stop it or you're being insensitive because you're not considering that i'm also thinking like dealing with this as this or another one that i say to him a lot is like are like is there something wrong because the tone in your voice sounds weird which is something that is pretty triggering for him honestly because i say it a lot which i think we talked briefly on this in the part one but is definitely like a trauma response and there's a question about that coming up um like dealing with each other's trauma so i think that that's one thing with like as far as arguing goes, it links in with that. Like, he has had to learn and accept the different things that are triggering to my PTSD or to, like, my sadness that make no sense to him because he's like, bro, like, what? He doesn't say bro, so that was dumb. But he'll, he'll be like, what? Like, I literally am just speaking to you. Like, what could I possibly be doing? I'm wrong. And yeah, I'm like, the well, the octave of, my, of your tone, yeah. or, like, has changed My tone a of voice went slightly lower so therefore you're angry and therefore you want to choke me and throw my head against the wall and i don't wanna i don't know (laughs) you run through some weird scenarios in your fucking head people are gonna think we're so physical oh okay so anyway (laughs) i don't know what goes through your head sometimes not that i'm Mm. never in fear Mm. of physical abuse babe or emotional abuse there's probably some emotional and psychological <laughs> abuse in there. Okay, but there's probably some sadness. That's just living. That just happens both directions. All right, so what... How do you both help one another... See, I knew it was coming up. How do you both help one another past trauma or through your past trauma or painful experiences? I mean, I feel like we've covered that, but... Um, well, it's, mo- it's, it's a multifaceted question. Um. I also feel like we talked about this on the first one, just kind of like riding the waves, like the they come in and they go and certain triggers come and go and acknowledging that the other person sees and feels things on a different level than you do. Um, like me just, you know, like with the, the doctor appointments lately, the anxiety that you have of going to the doctor, because what if you have to get, an MRI, what if you have to get shots? What if you have to get this? That all scares you. I spent months in a hospital when I was a child. That mm-hmm. does not frighten me at all. So, like, that whole, that, like, the situation, we had a little fight about it. Because, like, she asked me to go up to Orland Park or something with her for an allergist. And I'm just kind of like, why do I need to go with you to go see an allergist? In the back of my head, you know, that doesn't... Nothing's even clicking. Like, these people are going to, not to mention they're holistic, they're going to, like, look at you, touch a couple things, like, carry on. They're not going to, you know, it doesn't make sense in my head. But then she explains it that she might need these things. She might need that. But from somebody who had been into a hospital for three months of his life when he was 10, getting shots and pulling blood, like, even something that they might throw me into isn't going to frighten me. But for you, who has probably spent like 
three days in the hospital your entire life? Not even. <laughs> I probably spent like three hours in a hospital total. Like, aside from what I was doing. It is like the most frightening thing for you. Yeah, it's it's just that. that the idea of it gives you, gives you anxiety and... Literally, the only reason I've ever been in a hospital is because I stuck a plastic thing up my nose one time when right. I was a kid. I had. And I was scared to tell my grandparents, <laughs> so then I shoved it too far up there. And Andrew's like, meanwhile, almost dies because he has appendicitis and uh, freaking sepsis. So, yeah. yeah our, so, like, he is less sensitive. Yeah, and you have to acknowledge to when you're less sensitive right. to those things. So that you're not. Like, my pain tolerance as well. Things. Oh, that is something that, like, at the beginning the of our relationship, tolerance. we would cold fight tolerance. so much because he'd be like, just chill out like it's fine or you are such a baby like you have no pain tolerance like and or he would like giggle like when i would get hurt he would just like <laughs> snicker to himself and i'm like fuck you dude like why would you laugh at me like that like you're so rude and he's like you literally like got a paper cut or, or you like you, pinched your finger you, in the you door ran your shoulder into the wall like as you were turning too fast <laughs> okay but i'm bony so that shit hurts um, or the dog ran into your hip <laughs> all right not the dog running into my hip, but sometimes the dogs do dig their giant beady little nails into the tops of my feet. And I am bony and tendony. I don't have a lot of meat on there. Um, but yeah, so we just, we're trying to use like very light topic examples yeah, for the trauma but thing, the but truth. it's true. Um, I would All say we talked about like the sexual abuse trauma in episode one or part one. So if you haven't listened to that, jump back and listen to part one on that. But um, I would also just say, just to wrap that question up, I think you also have to have a level of awareness when you get into a relationship um, <clears throat> to where you value the fact that there are going to be things about your significant other that you don't know and that you don't understand um, that maybe they don't know and they don't understand or that they haven't acknowledged or that they can't explain. Or that they, yeah, that they can't put into words. So then, like, they so have... Then it's a, yeah, so then you have an argument about something that you don't even know how to have an argument about yet. Because you're just speaking words that don't correlate for yourself yet. And you're just screaming. You're just Literally. flailing like a child. Because mm -hmm. you don't know any other way. And I think that that, that is really... That really applies for um, people who come from... Uh, people in relationships who come from pasts that maybe didn't show them healthy relationships or positive interactions or things like that. I think that um, a lot of that comes out when couples are arguing or when couples are talking about security or trust or um, feeling emotionally seen or feeling considered. Um, I think that we naturally pick up and take on whatever we've seen and that's our norm. And until you can have conversations with your significant other about what you're like, what you what each other sees or like what each other experiences with you and how it makes them feel like without those conversations, there can be no transparency about that. And I think that naturally we take on what we see as our norm. And if we didn't take right. on the healthiest things or the healthiest communication or the healthiest trust patterns, like we're going to carry that in until we talk about it and decide, no, that's not comfortable or no, that's not the safest for us. Maybe we should find another way to communicate so that we can be on the same page. 
and find a new norm. Yep. I feel like we both did quite some rambling there, but I, if it applies, it applies. It'll make sense. <laughs> um, okay, what's the next question? Uh, what is your favorite thing about each other? Go ahead, babe. Well, mine, uh, six and seven, both kind of work together because it's the what one frustrates about the other human. Okay. So my six and seven are kind of the same thing. Okay, I'm Because interested. one leads into the other, and then it leads down to a path that frustrates. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is that? So my favorite thing about Tori is her gigantic heart. She will open up to anything and everyone and any living creature and <laughs> any plant now and any crystal and any painting <laughs> and any wall hanging and the list goes on and on and on. <laughs> so do you see? <laughs> she, you have this infinite capacity to love things and um, it is adorable and heartwarming and endearing, but man... <laughs> Sometimes there is a gigantic hoarder symbol <laughs> flashing above your head, and I just refuse to look at it. <sighs> so your least favorite thing about <laughs> me is that I like to care about a lot of things. <laughs> I feel like now I'm going to have to do like a house tour so people know I'm not actually a hoarder. There's like probably 25 crystals in this room. Oh, at least. That's probably on the low end. There's like... And that's just started at the start of quarantine. Seven pillows in here. Okay. Well, I take pictures with pillows. And crystals now. My Wait. last boudoir client wanted pictures with all my crystals. So now them oh, bitches... All the crystals. Making me money. <laughs> Give me good vibes and they're making the ladies happy. Uh, Your turn. All right. So my favorite thing about Andrew, if you have met Andrew, you already know my favorite thing about him. It's literally just the way he makes people feel when he walks in the room. Like, I don't know what it is about this dude. He is like not always super sweet. It's not like he's like this walking, like talking ray of sunshine all the time, but it doesn't matter. He's always just like the most comforting person to be around and he's funny, even if you're the butt of the joke, it's still funny. And he's so freaking smart and witty. And I know that that's like seven things, but that all contributes to the way that he makes you feel when he's in the room. I feel like, I don't know, maybe that's really cheesy, but. Sounds like it to me. But if somebody else said it, it wouldn't be cheesy. <laughs> and they would all say it. I don't know about that. He's very. He's a very wholesome human. He's not like a one-dimensional kind of like dude. He's not like, he's not like regular dudes, but he's really not. That's what I mean. He's like a, a full, <laughs> you're like the sphere crystal. That's a strange thing to say. <laughs> Do you see what I'm talking about, people? I'm just saying, you're like a whole She just person. She just hoarded my my entire entity into a crystal that is sitting on her desk. You just hoarded wrong. <laughs> you can't say that. By the way, that's the prettiest crystal ever. 
So you should feel honored to be compared. I'm super honored to be compared to a (laughs) crystal ball. It looks like a crystal ball, though. Okay, anyway, so my least favorite... Wait, no, not my least favorite. That's not how we word things. What frustrates... Wait. Okay, yeah. I was like, you just took that question and made it into something it wasn't, but it's not. Um, So what frustrates me about you? Sometimes, Andrew already talked about this. He's just so smart. No, I'm not. Okay. He is also humble. No, I'm not. (laughs) You're proving my point. Stop it. Just listen. He, like, things come to his brain pretty naturally as far as reasoning goes. Can I say that? Sure. Okay. So that sometimes causes him to just, like, do the things because it already makes sense to him. So, like, he's just going to do it. Oh. Or, okay. like. Like when we're trying to build something or. Yeah. Or. or I got gotcha. Or, like, he, he'll just, like, forget that it doesn't come that easily to everyone else or, like, that it didn't come that quickly to everyone else or that, like, he's already got it down before somebody else has got it down that might want to do it like building a bed a desk too quickly or anything (laughs) like that but also he's gotten nicer on it so that's why it's not really like something that really frustrates me anymore but there aren't very many things that frustrate me about him in general um last night i was trying to do some math oh that was hilarious (laughs) (laughs) and i was like working with some numbers um you know doing business things and I was like, oh, well, you know, this was my goal for this number of this session. And, like, this is whatever. So I'm, like, sitting here doing math on my calculator. And I'm like, so by the end of the year, holy shit, babe. Like, if I did my goal, like, this is what I'd be at. And I look at him and he was just, like, smiling, nodding. I'm like, you did that math already, like, five minutes ago. He's like, <laughs> I was just waiting for you to build up to, the, to finally get to the number. Um, so, like. Those are the only types of things that make Andrew frustrating. And it's really not to me. It's when I'm, like, watching him around other people and I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, they're not there yet. Don't ruin it for him. <laughs> um, he also, I've said that in episode, or in the part one, but when he gets frustrated, he likes to process silently. And when I get frustrated, I like to process verbally. So that usually is, like, a frustration a clashing point, point for us. Yeah. I usually just go sit in bed and get my feelings out while he gets his thoughts out while he games or does hand, like, stuff in the garage. I was going to say does hand things, but that sounded really fucking dirty, (laughs) so moving on. Um, Okay, last question. What are your wildest dreams together? Lay it out there. Well, so one dream we can't share because it's still a secret, so... You'll have to stay tuned and care about us for, like, another year to find that out. <laughs> um, but wildest dreams, like, long-term, I want to make sure that Andrew puts his feels in here, too, because we've gone back and forth on, like, end goals for a while. But um, we would ultimately love to first buy a something, home or property or something, something that gives us enough land to eventually remake a bus or remodel a bus or an RV. I don't know. I w- we got to really yeah, like... Um, I'm not like... Um, not sold one way or another on, yeah. on that yet. 
people have started renovating real already made RVs and right. making them look how they want to look, make making them look how they want them to look, like people do with the buses that they renovate. But um, something that we can renovate and live in with our dogs and travel around the United States and just be able to do what we love all around the places. Yeah, just like a, um, and we'll have that kind of central base to come back to, mm-hmm. like that property that we built it at, like that is our home. But um, I don't know, I've just never been somebody that's felt tied to this area. Mm-hmm. Um, never been one that felt like I had to stay in a certain area to, to be able to stay well, I shouldn't even say connected with my family or anybody because I'm really not that kind of person. I don't, I'm not texting everybody to stay updated, never have been. But um, that's just being out in, uh, I don't want to say the wild because it's not the wild, in but nature. like in the open, in mm-hmm. the open. Um, and that's why our our future quote unquote home might it has to have an open floor design for me mm-hmm. because it's just that, that openness is you got to have it and you got to have some land to sit on and uh that's just the way the world is now so mm-hmm. it's um that and uh self-employment obviously for both of us you're obviously already on that track i um i'm still andrew took one my for way. the team and kept working <laughs> Longer so that we had that consistent income and that way he could kind of nail down his, what am I looking for? Direct path? Yeah. I can't talk with my hand symbols on the <laughs> No, you can't. You guys are lucky you miss out on my dance moves. Um, but yeah, so being able to just travel and um, be able to come back home whenever we want to. Um, I think we both have like would love to be able to, whatever it is that we decide to do, be able to do it here, like around the people that we love part of the year and be able to right. do what we love around the country for the rest of the year. Um, I would love to be able to have like a consistent kind of like regular season that I do. Right. With Moving the around the country yeah. kind of deal. Yeah. Like seasons this area. of being gone and yep. seasons of being back. Um, and we're not, we've never been huge, like, Tradition people, um, Andrew's family is way bigger on tradition than either of us have ever really been on. So I'm sure that that's something that we'll try to maintain in, in some way. But yeah, just being able to feel like boundless. And I would love, I've built such a connection with so many different people around the country now that in the sooner than far future, I would love to do like TE Boudoir tour type shoots where I like travel once a month to different parts of the United States and shoot with different women and their families or their friends or their husbands or wives or whoever. Um, But how fucking cool that'll be when we get to load up the pups and hit the road, drive or hook up our little car and hit the road. So that's like end game. Well, I wouldn't say end game. It's like next chapter. It's... I would definitely say it's, yeah. I mean, we don't want to be driving a bus while we're old, so I wouldn't call it like end <laughs> No, game, I wouldn't call game. that end game. But that's like the next tr- no, foreseeable like... future mm-hmm. goals. Yep. We don't plan too much too far out. I used to try, but... It's ineffective. Andrew's, Andrew's proven, and, proven and shown his facts of how ineffective that is. So, how can we help humans who had 
questions about things like these in their lives and in their relationships. Um, I would say making sure that you're creating space for people's and other ones' emotions and perspectives. Um, to do that, you just have to communicate. Um, and I, I know <laughs> I that's like easier that's said than like, done. I feel but. like that's gonna be the end goal, the end game, end goal of like every one of these little short talks so of ours. We need, like, find, we need a to way. find a different way to do that. Or maybe we need to find a way to help people communicate effectively down the road. Maybe that's a that's added into our our goals, but. I think that if you haven't taken the love languages test. Yeah, that love languages one helped a lot because it gave. It's weird because I have to say this a lot. That you can't always explain something to your partner. To your significant other and them understand it. It, it for whatever reason. There is something about the tone of your voice that just doesn't make it click until they hear it out of somebody else's voice or they read it online or something of that matter. It comes or from like a, comes a, from a quote unquote thing. fact based personnel or uh, source. Then it clicks. So it's almost kind of. Um, there's a the frustration in your voice. <laughs> there's a there's a respect and there's. There's just kind of like this allowance because you have to, you can't be the person that all this information comes from. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same kind of thing as when you're getting raised as a child. Like, your norm is what you see. Okay, my norm is what I've experienced. And if I keep explaining it to you the same way, in the same words, because I, through my experience, can't come up with different words, but it's still the same basis of the topic it's you like i can't be frustrated like i can be frustrated but i have to have a certain allowance or a certain tolerance to allow you to he hear it the way you need to hear it or experience, or experience it, it the way you it, need yeah. to experience it to learn or to feel it so that's what i was getting at just long-winded no so yeah i think that um yeah it doesn't need any support. I think. And the blanket on 100% Tori. Get a second blanket. Just yeah. Get a second Seriously. Blanket. It's. Uh, I don't understand. Like, I Make get sure it. it's cozy. Let the Like, dude mine is so a, much lighter than yeah, hers. Like, that's the whole idea. Hotter, get a lighter <laughs> blanket. Person who's colder, get a heavier blanket. Or you can go and. Um, I know I've seen some Instagram ad. You know, Cookies Got Me, and it was like Bed Jet, like little air blower thing, you know? One's hot, one's cold. Bed jet? Bed jet, I what think. What is that? It was like a little air blower. One would bed? Yeah, it would feed up underneath the sheets and be oh air circulation, plus it would be heated or cooled. Cookies gotcha. Cookies fucking got me, man. They know you're a techie guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so resolving big fights, just make sure that you are finding ways to... Oh, that was nice and noisy. Um... Make sure that you are finding ways to keep open communication and um, if you need to like have a word where it just like opens up the ring for you to throw like yeah, your, throw, a, throw, throw a your towel words. in for now. Yeah. Oh, oh, I was I was going to say like if you need to I like that like where you just need to like step away. Yeah. But I was going to say like if you need a word where like you can just kind of word vomit and say the things that are on your mind and know that like they're just going to come out and they're not going to necessarily come out the right way or with the right 
preface or with the right tone, like you just have to get your thoughts out. I think that that can be really helpful so that you can both hear how the other one is feeling because I think that creating space for you to verbalize how you're feeling is part of the battle. Like you have to be able to get out how you're feeling before you can have a constructive conversation. Right. Because you have to be just... able to understand what you're feeling. Right. Before anyone Before can... anybody else can. Right. Because you have to be able to verbalize it unless in the very, very shot chance in the dark that the other person has experienced what you have experienced is, I mean, that's a complete shot in the dark. You've got like a one in a million chance that they understand exactly how you want to portray these emotions that you're feeling. Right. And if you don't understand how you feel, you're not going to be able to converse about anything in a neutral way because everything that you say is going to be impacted yeah. by how you're... It'll be very heated. Right. It's going to be very heated. reactive to how you're feeling. Um, so take the love languages test, create a, a word or like an open conversation structure where you can kind of just verbalize how you're feeling no matter how it sounds. It's one thing I always used to say to kids too, like you don't have to say it in the perfect way. Just say how you're feeling, yeah, just say get it, it out. Yep. If you love each other in, a, in your relationship, you should have enough respect for each other to be able to hear out what and the other even, person's saying, even if it doesn't sound pretty. Yeah, and once you're even, like you said, once you say, once you get it out there, then the other person can kind of um, pull the threads, you know, like, well, what do, what do you, what do you mean? This is what? It, what about this that you just explained? That's making you feel threatened. Why is it making you feel threatened? Well, is it making you feel threatened because I'm, you know, I'm being dominant because I'm being questioning and you don't like being questioned you know you have a problem with authoritative persons you know stuff like that where mm -hmm. you can start pulling it apart and like as much as you don't want to think about it like you're going to be turning into each other's shrinks like you are going to shrink each other's heads that's the that's the whole idea it's like, like what to, understanding each other is yeah it doesn't have to you don't have to like understand each other so well that you know exactly how to diagnose them or what their issues are but you need to understand them and diagnose them enough for your own self to say okay like when my the person that I love is acting this way it's because they're feeling this it's not because I'm doing this so yeah. I need to be respectful of their space of their heart and know now is not the time for me to talk about my selfish shit because or how I think that their tone is making me feel like a bad person. I need to accept that they're not in a comfortable place and that's why their tone is different and they need me to love them. It's not always, we have to learn like how to not make it about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think too, like it's important. I think you guys should say the things that you like love and like appreciate and get frustrated about with yeah, each other. I think that's definitely. like have those conversations and don't make them feel so heavy, like life changing. Yeah, you know? like, like we had, like we just had here. You know, mm -hmm. we had a very serious, very deep conversation, but we made it about little things that mm -hmm. are insignificant in retrospect, but in the grand scheme of things, they apply to right, that. They relate to exactly. Yeah, they how relate you're... to exactly how things have to be done. Right, and it helps you understand. The ways that the other person reacts to situations in general and it, it allows you to not take things so personally like 
oh, you're reacting like that to me. No, you just react that that way when you're under stress or when you're under pressure or when you're you're feeling feeling sad or Mm -hmm. whatever. I really hope this was helpful. I think that this one was hopefully a little bit more helpful than rambly, like the last one. Um, If you, like I said, if you haven't listened to part one, you can go back and find that now in the rest of the episodes. If you've been around for both of them, thank you so much for listening. Sorry if you can hear the train. It wanted to say goodbye, too. Um, If you have not yet left a review about all of your favorite things about the episodes, be sure to do that if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Spotify, you can always hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. You can find us on Facebook at Souls Undressed Podcast Facebook Community and on Instagram at Souls Undressed Podcast. I will talk with you guys next Sunday. Thank you so much, so much for being here. I love you guys.